0: jesus we are so grateful tonight that you were willing to take our place lord god if we would have hung on that cross we would have not only died the death of a sinner we would have went to hell but we couldn't have come back but because you died you went down to hell you could come out of hell you could pay our penalty our redemption that we would never have to go to hell we are so grateful lord god i pray that you would help us that we will never get over the effect of what you did for us we worship you tonight father we love you we've come that we can bring adoration to your name that we can magnify you just to be in your courts oh god what a great wonderful thing it is would you take your word tonight lord and Open our hearts to be the fertile ground that the seed word can fall upon it. To bring forth the harvest time crop. We love you, Lord. You see the needs of your people. Father, you see this prayer calls tonight, Lord, for Sister Janet Kennedy. You see the needs in her body, the requests that she has. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God just minister to our sister, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Aren't you happy to be a child of God? (laughs) What a wonderful privilege to be gathered together in his presence. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7. I greet each of you here tonight in the name of the Lord. Revelation, chapter 12, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. The scripture only mentions actually the word archangel in the singular form. It doesn't say archangels, archelegio, but single. And that archangel is this one we just read, Michael. He's different than the other order of created angels. This one, the word Michael, means one who is like God. Now we know for sure this is not referring to Michael Bailey, but it is <laughs> Michael the archangel. He can take that, can he? so the other angels were created. And there were angels that were created to be able to fall. But this one was totally different. Michael is identified in the resurrection in Daniel chapter 10. It's always that voice that's identified with Israel as well. Notice this. So the war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and his in verse 8, and prevailed not, neither was their place, their place, hmm. found anymore in heaven. Their place. Now he went over into the north, and both his tail drew those stars. And exalted himself above those stars, angels, and began to preach to them. But yet they lost the original estate, according to Peter and Jude, the original estate. But still had access to heaven. Remember in the book of Job, whenever Job was going to be tried, sons of God was there to present himself. Here comes the devil. He said, "Where have you been?" He said, "I've been down there on the earth, walking up and down through the earth." So he has access to the earth. He's the prince of the power of the air, which is the second heavens. And he has also access before the throne of God. But now something is happening in Revelation 12 to where they lose their place. And it's not found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil And Satan, Satan's trinity, which deceiveth the whole world. Thank God he can't get us. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now, now is come salvation and strength And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Now why didn't they say this at the resurrection morning? Why didn't they say this on the day of Pentecost? When was salvation come? When was the fullness of redemption wrapped up for the Gentiles? When the bride goes up. Now notice in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. Now here the bride goes up, the devil comes down, dispensational change, transition is made. Now listen to this verse. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, the devil has come down unto you having great rest, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. May the Lord bless his words. You may be seated. Don't ever forget this. There is nothing permanent in error. There is no stability in wrong. Let me say it again. There is nothing permanent in error. And there is no stability in wrong. The brighter that the light of God becomes with his word, the more shaky the more unstable the kingdom of darkness becomes. But when the light is taken from the earth, darkness has the opportunity to prevail. When the light of God is shining, manifesting God, manifesting his word, the kingdom of hell actually becomes weakened by the power of God. Now, when you look at this that God is announcing in the book of Revelation, therefore rejoice, verse 12, ye heavens and ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath. But how is this possible? Now, it's not that this is the devil's first time to be on the earth, because we know he was in the Garden of Eden. Actually, the Bible tells us in the book of Ezekiel that thou hast been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardas, the sardis rather, the topaz, the carbuncle, arrayed in beautiful garments, insomuch that they had great gems, lustrous, beautiful. And it was because of his beauty that he fell. So, It was not his first time to be on the earth. In the days of Job, he walked upon the earth. In the days of the king in Ezekiel 28, he was in this king incarnate. But now he's come down in such a way that it has not been in 6,000 years. His wrath is so full that God has the voice to announce it. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the devil, the enemy, the serpent, the dragon is come down among you. But what has brought this, what has changed that has allowed him to come in such a way? The sins of the people. You see, God is not, it's not that God is angry and God is mean and God is wanting to punish and devour and destroy. It's not God, it's not God that has brought this, but it is the sins and the wickedness of the people. Not only our nation, but the world. Let's look at Israel in a parallel to this if you'd like to read with me here in Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 1. And the parallel is that Israel had got to such a time that the intercessory work of God's prophets which had stayed his judgment so many times. People don't understand uh, the the multi-aspect of a prophet coming to the earth. He's not just there to perform miracles. He's not just there to do signs and wonders, but a prophet performs also the work of intercessor. Have you ever read Malachi 4 and looked at it in the aspect of the intercessory work of a prophet? Why did God say, behold, Behold, I will send unto you Elijah the prophet before that great and terrible day of the Lord. And God goes on to say, if I don't send him, I will destroy the earth with a curse. Now why would God put that in there? Because the office of a prophet was one of such intercessory power before the presence of God that it would hold back or delay the oncoming judgment of Almighty God. Now, whenever America rejected God's prophet, it only brought it to a spot to where the judgment was delayed. But my friends, it is pending and it is building every day. I don't want to be here myself. Now, what's this in Jeremiah 15, 1, Then said the Lord unto me, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward This people. God declares to Jeremiah that even if Moses and Samuel stood before him, now it had been their prayers, it was the prayer of Moses several times that interceded when the wrath of God was going to annihilate the whole nation of Israel. Remember reading that in the Bible? But it was Moses and the prophet said I often wondered how that Moses could stand there between that and God and he said I found out it was the spirit of Christ on Moses. So God was going to destroy them. God was going to remove every one of their names out of the book. And Moses said, God, if you're going to blot their name out, then blot out mine with it. Don't you understand what that was? That was Christ. That was the spirit of Christ in Moses that was so powerful. And God said, all right, all right, you have appeased me. I'll do it this way. Then him that refuses my word, him that rebels against me, that's the one that I will blot their name out of the book. Now the sins of Israel had got to such a spot that God knows to Jeremiah, two of the greatest intercessors that had lived upon the earth were Moses and Samuel. And of course you remember reading about the life of Samuel, how that it was him that intervened for the people of Israel, even for Saul. And God knew that Jeremiah would get the impact of what he was saying that if Moses was on the earth and Samuel was on the earth and they both asked me, God, have mercy, God, have mercy, God said they would not turn my mind toward these people. Why? Because the sins of the people had become so prevalent and become so far away from the promise of God, they had moved beyond redemption. There was only one thing, and that was the pre-tribulation period of Nebuchadnezzar the king. They're going into captivity for 70 years. Now, notice God said, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight. Lord God, children, I don't care what I have to go through as a Christian. Don't never let God say that about me. How many feels that way tonight? Can you imagine? It's as if though. The children of Israel, it's, it's, it's like God is addressing them there personally. And they are standing there with Jeremiah. But you know, God says, Moses and Samuel were so imminent in my court. And they had such ability to move me toward the people, I could not forgive them for their sake. It was Samuel at Mizpah. And also at Ebenezer, that God heard his petition and moved his heart toward his people. It was Moses, notice here again in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, speaking about the land of Israel, though they should deliver but their own souls, by their righteousness, saith the Lord God. Now, here, once again, God compiles the same thing. Now, remember, Daniel and Ezekiel were contemporaries. So, here, after the time of Jeremiah, now they've come back into the land, and it's no another different time of fixing to come into the land of the prophecy of Ezekiel. And now he's telling them that this hardness of their hearts now he moves into other men Noah, Daniel. And Job, who were these men? Great intercessors down through history. Noah that stood there on the brink of a dispensational change and preached a message of mercy. But who did he save? Him, his wife, and his family. And that was all. And think, the love of God. We're not talking about Philistines, Amorites, Moabites, Hittites, Jebusites. Oh, no, we're not talking about them. We're talking about the supposed people of God. Notice in Ezekiel 14, 20, again. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God. They shall deliver neither son nor daughter, and they shall but deliver their own souls by the righteousness. Friend, what a time it must have been that prophetic intercession cannot even move the heart of God. Do you understand that our nation, our world is arrived again? If Brother Branham was here If Moses, let's compile all of these and add more to the list. If Moses was here, if Samuel were here, Noah, Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Job, all these great intercessors, Still, the mercy of God will never return to this nation or this world to spare them of this woe. Why? Because they have sinned away their day of grace. If you're in tonight, you ought to be one of the happiest people in the world. Now I want you to notice the title of this sermon that I'm gonna read this quote to you from tonight. It's called The Invasion of the United States. If you haven't listened to it, do you good to listen to it. It's in the year 1954. Now, you can imagine where the progression of sin would have been in 1954. Some of us weren't even born. I wasn't. So, to looking back at what it, what, what it would have been then compared to now, my goodness, we that wow, I'd love to live in 1954. It been a good place. But yet here the prophet is speaking prophetically that the United States is being invaded. It didn't just start in the 80s. It didn't start in the 90s or the 2000s. It's been ongoing for a long time. Now we said the invasion of the United States, the devil has took over. Don't be afraid of Russia. Russia ain't got nothing to do. We're doing it ourselves. Our own rottenness right among us, that's right. You know the United States has more divorce courses than all the rest of the world. More divorces, think of it, that horrible motherhood has been broken. Mothers don't stay at home no more with their children like they used to. They gotta have a job. Well, praise the Lord. It's a shame, brother, I'll tell you it's disgraceful to think that the motherhood of America has broken down. That's the backbone of any nation. Now, our nation is all up in a great uproar. And of course, you know about it as well as I do. And it's about the Supreme Court going in and overturning Roe v. Wade. And we've got all kinds of protests going on here and there and there. And we know how politicians love to play on the feelings and the emotions of the people. And politicians are feeding this frenzy of fire and so on. And women are saying they lost their constitutional right. Well, first of all, the Constitution never gave them a right to kill their babies. But they are marching in the streets, they are crying, they are mourning like their grandmas died, and yet mourning over what? Because they can no longer kill a baby. And they say, my right, my body, my this, my that. Don't you understand? The mercy of God to our our nation, America, how can God bless us when we're filled to the brim with a bunch of baby murderers? And it starts at the White House and works its way on down to many of our houses. Well, come on, women's rights this, women's rights that. If you think that tonight, I tell you, you need the Holy Ghost. Well, preach, Brother Donnie, I'm going to. That's right. Now you think here, Brother Ren, I'm talking about it. And of course, Brother Ren mentions abortion. Well, Brother Ren, where do you stand on abortion? I'm glad you asked that. This is where I stand on abortion. When God told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Amen. David said in the secret part of my mother's womb, there he formed me. You may call it a bunch of jerking, twitching muscles if you wish to. But if you'll study and look at it, Carolyn, I saw on YouTube the other day a doctor that it performed. 1,200 abortions. He was there before Congress explaining it and it got converted and he was talking about they would take the forceps and go in and they would pull out an arm and they would pull out a leg and they would pull out another arm and then pull out intestines and then they would put this on the baby's skull and crush the baby's skull and pull it out and once they got it all out, they had to take an inventory of everything in there to make sure they got it all out of the so she wouldn't die oh yeah spare her life and kill that baby well I'll tell you there's a way to avoid that baby don't have sex like a whore well come on now there's your right well thank you Jesus They want to live like a bunch of prostitutes and live like the world and then they wind up getting pregnant and they want to resolve it by murder Oh, it ain't no wonder the judgment of God hangs over our nation. That's why, brother friend, the prophet of God said that he didn't even pray for it. Don't you understand how scary that is? If the prophet said when he was here, he didn't even pray for our nation no more, we have been decades without the intercessory prayer of a prophet of God to spare our nation. No wonder we don't feel at home in this world anymore. Wake up. Our home is hell. Our home is filled with murderers, perverts. Don't you understand why they will have no problem hunting down the foolish virgin and killing them? Don't you understand why they will have no problem in hunting down the 144,000 and their bodies will lay in the the streets spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, which is Jerusalem, and they'll be able to see it around the world by television and streaming services, and they will hate them so much their bodies will lay in the street for them three and a half days, and they will send gifts to one another, the Bible says, all around the world from Europe to Africa to wherever that's left on the earth They will send gifts to one another because them two prophets that tormented them's dead. And they'll be so happy, but they won't be too happy when they're looking on their TV and they're streaming CNN or MSNBC and all of a sudden Moses jumps up and Elijah jumps up. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, here he is again. What's God doing? God's performing his work. I don't care much the church don't believe it I don't care how many atheists we've got God will perform his word, hell won't stop it, the church won't stop it the world won't stop it the left won't stop it, the right won't stop it, nobody will stop our God, he is God and he will fulfill his word oh glory to God, but before that ever comes, the bride's gotta leave this place Listen to this hidden life in 1955 The backbone of every nation is its morals. It's morals. We have got so many different genders now. Used to be L G B T Q Y Z O T O Three O 4 O, you know, now they just put the plus on the end of it because they're constantly coming up with new ones. It's a bunch of imbeciles. It's a bunch of people that have lost their minds. Well, come on, friends. They are insane. The whole world is groping in insanity. And it's not because God made them that way. They chose it. The backbone of every nation is its morals. When the morals drop in a nation, the nation's gone. Motherhood broken? You just might as well fold up all other nations have done it and ours is no exception the other day I was curious about God in the past and how many times he used this word woe it's not used very much actually I was surprised whenever I went to looking at it in the Old Testament and then the New how few a times that the word is used. And then as I began to ponder and read these scriptures, and I'll share a few of them with you tonight in Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them that call evil good. And good, evil. Well, he just described most of our media. He just described most of our newscasters. Not only that, he described a lot of preachers in the pulpit. Under the guise of love. Well, God loves everybody, so a woman can marry a woman, a man can marry a dog, or a woman can marry a poodle, or whatever more, and that's fine with God. I'm not sure what Bible you're reading that in, but it sure ain't in mine. Yep. Well, what do they do? They call evil good and good they call evil. This is why they hate true Christianity. And they want to blame all the gun deaths on Christians. Gun-toting Christians. The abortion thing. I just heard some of them the other day talking about all this hatred of abortion. It's from the church people. It's from the Christians. It's from this Judeo Christian background. Our nation was founded on this rottenness they say. And we need to be free from it. Don't worry. You will be before long Amen. you'll be free from the true christians and then you'll have the devil and his crowd yeah. but it ain't going to be what you thought it was going to be
1: Come
0: on. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light oh we see things so different now We used to just think it's, you know, a man had to marry a woman, and a woman had to marry a man. We see things so different now. It's just so so damning. Contrary to the word. Well, praise the Lord. If homosexuality is right and acceptable in the eyes of God, I'd like for them to fulfill one scripture for me, and I'll be totally convinced. Go into the earth, multiply, and replenish. What's the problem? This is the will of God. Every seed of God comes with reproductive abilities. Only hybrids cannot reproduce. That's why you put two mules together, they can't reproduce. Well, glory to God. That's why I don't want none of that old mule religion to you. I want to be a genuine thoroughbred. A real seed of God and the line of God. Oh, yeah, it can absolutely reproduce God's word because that's what he said. Notice he said they put darkness for light and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet. I thought in reading this I thought, Lord have mercy. Here Isaiah said these thousands of years ago, and it's as if though he's just talking about this day. Which he is. And sweet for bitter. So whatever pretty much is wrong, you know, and filled with just absolute stupidity, that's the going thing in this day. (laughs) That's it. Not for us. Isaiah 521. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Listen to these woes. Isaiah 10, 1. Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees. Now this is against the judges, the politicians, and the leaders. Lord God, children, I would not want to be one of those Supreme Court judges for nothing in this world who made that decision in 1973. 63 million deaths that's the ones they counted can you imagine how many deaths there's been those nine men that made that decision standing before God and some of them Christians It might have been a Christian by name but they sure wasn't no Acts 238 Christian well praise the Lord you know the Muslims, one reason they have a problem with Christianity, because they identify the Crusaders as Christians. That's the concept. That's the concept of some of the Muslims. Them guys was not a bit more like Peter, James, and John than I'm like a bullfrog. Well, maybe after I get up in the morning after preaching, night, I'm a little bit crocky, but other than that, that's not the original Christians. They hate Christianity because they identify the crusaders as Christians. Christians didn't go around killing people. Christians did not go around beheading people. Come on, somebody. It was not them, the real children of God and them dispensations. You didn't find them going around and cutting people to pieces with swords. It was that old whore church under the name of the church. True Christianity forgive their enemies. True Christianity prayed for those that despitefully use them. Not that bunch that went around murdering and killing Mm. woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that right right grievousness which they have prescribed so they pass the laws they put it into law and then they write it and say, you've got to obey it. Because we are the main men. We're the bosses. And we pass the laws and we tell you what to do. And if you don't do it, we'll throw you in jail. Well, throw us in jail. God can still tear down jails. Right. Well, amen. we'll build another and throw you in it. He tear it down too. We'll throw you in the dungeon. Oh, my God specializes in dungeon visits. All you got to do is ask Daniel. Yes. Yeah. You see, the people, this is what brought the woe. Lord, children, is it any wonder the judgment of God hangs over our world? Notice this, Isaiah 10 2, to turn aside the needy from judgment, to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, that they may rob the fatherless. So you know what some of our left-leaning companies are going to do now? Just to make sure all these women can still kill their babies. Disney, MGM, many of the great, great companies, Google and you know many of the rest of them. They're going to start now giving them vouchers. So, so they live in the, Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee and they, our laws go into action where they can't do it well. These companies are going to start making a way and they'll pay for you to fly to Seattle or they'll pay for you to fly to California and we've got hungry people on the street. We've got people that ain't even got a house to live in, homeless people and they will know, why won't we take some of our money and take care of the poor? But we want to take our money and kill the innocent. Oh, you say, Brother Donnie, you shouldn't say nothing about that. I should. But the innocent needs somebody to cry out of for. The innocent needs somebody to say it's wrong. It's death, it's murder. Like my voice rings in eternity that I gave my voice against this work of hell. Anybody else with me? I go in my bathroom sometimes with my cell phone, try to check the weather. And I tell Carol and say, "I am so grateful that NASA was able to send a rover to Mars, and they can communicate with that rover. This new telescope that they just sent out into space, it is now one million miles from the earth. One million. One million. They can communicate, they can tell it to do this and do that, and they can't even make a cell phone that you can pick up. Come on. And I read this week where they're wanting to make a nuclear reactor and put it on the moon. nation, our world is run by a bunch of insane people. We ain't got enough insane institutions to store them all. We'd have to start at the White House with the man in the top and work our way from him on down. If they put everybody in there that's out of their mind, there wouldn't be enough well people to take care of them. Oh, my friends, Getting closer to that time when the Lord Jesus said, I can't take it no more. It's not a fit place for my bride to live in. Come on home, sweetheart. Come on out of that mess. Well, I'll probably be standing on the side of the road tomorrow, Carol. I will work for food. I'll be thrown out of here sure as the world. It hit me one day this week. I thought, dear God, I have been pastoring. This is my 40th year as a pastor. 48 years in the ministry. 40 years. 40 is the number of rejection, Right? I <laughs> uh, thank God what have I done? how much worse off the world is than when I first started, preached my first sermon there at my uncle's church on warming by the wrong fire and took the text about Peter standing there and warming his hands and got under the wrong influence. What have I done? What's my life been spent for? Have I made people better? Some. But the majority? No. Because they haven't heard the truth? Because they don't want the truth. I'll tell you one thing, people might come here and they might say, I don't get fed. Well, i am telling you one thing. You got something big and fat in your mouth because it ain't a lack of food. There's food here. If you ain't been fed, it's because you ain't eaten or you don't like what's been served. Well, I wish somebody would say amen to that. There's plenty of good food here to eat on if you are hungry enough and you want it. Whew. Woe unto the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering. You young people, that was here Monday night. This is sort of the direction that Brother West was speaking about. But not of my spirit that may add sin to sin. Jeremiah 23, 1. Woe be unto the pastors. Woe. My goodness. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, saith the Lord. Reading this the other day, and I got to thinking, I don't know that I'd ever thought of it quite in this light before, but I began to think about so many of the doctrines around the message that is divided and separated the message sheep. And I got thinking about the doctrines, the major ones, and the source of where they come from. And I thought about the Perusia doctrine. Who'd it come from? A pastor. Two-soul doctrine. Who'd it come from? Another pastor. Seven-thunder doctrine. Who'd it come from? Another pastor. Joseph perfection. Where would it come from? Pastor. Now think about it. You ever thought of it in this way? How many evangelists do you know in the message that have websites? There's a few. But for the most part, who's doing most of the streaming? Pastors. We all got off quiet. You turned Baptist on me. Think of it. Who is responsible for sowing so much discord, doctrinal discourse among the message people? A bunch of pastors that ain't nothing but kingdom builders, and it ain't the kingdom of God, they're trying to build us their own little kingdom. Well, you got quiet on me. That's all. Right. I'm gonna preach it anyhow. <laughs> This is God's view of pastors that scatter the sheep, cause division and separate the flock. God don't say, "Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you." But God says, "Whoa." Can you imagine God saying the same thing to pastors who separate the flock and divide the flock, whether it's doctrinally or whatever point that it is? And God would say the same thing to them as women who abort their babies? I hope and pray. I don't have a clue how much longer I'll live, how much longer I'll be able to preach. How much longer do you even want me to preach? But as long as I can, and I've got my right mind, I hope God keeps me that I never, mar his word, that I never bring division and separation. I'm talking about among the sheep. We're always gonna divide and separate. God don't say woe to the man that separates the sheep from the goats. But God is dealing with men who separate sheep from sheep you know it as well as I do, there's people around this message, one of the first things they want to ask you, what do you believe about this and what do you believe about that? It ain't even, are you a Christian? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you ready to meet the Lord? They want to know where you stand on the seven thunders. And if you don't believe the seven thunders, you ain't got no seven thunder blood on your altar. Where did we get such a blasphemous term? There is no such a thing as that in the Bible. There is no such a thing as that in the message of the hour. where did it come from? So Pastor. I always thought when I got to be an old man I'd wind up being so soft and easy going Grandpa I get up here I get to feeling young again though I don't feel 65 (laughs) (laughs) friends this is serious whoa whoa be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor oh I know you call me your pastor and I am in one way and I'll call you my sheep and you are in one way but I'm an under shepherd I didn't die for you I didn't redeem you I didn't pay the price he's only sent me here to feed you right to help you along the way but in reality you are his sheep Ezekiel 13.3 Thus saith the Lord God Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing Boy y'all was a hollering and a screaming and a carrying a while ago and I was preaching about abortion you sure ain't saying much now Well let's preach on some spiritual abortion shall we Huh Can you imagine, you've seen some of these pictures as well as I have, and some of these women in in these parades and marches carrying coat hangers! Coat hangers! Saying, you'll not take my right. And the symbolism of the rebellion being a coat hanger, showing if you try to stop my right, I'll take it myself. I'll put a coat hanger in my body and pull this cursed thing out. Well, if you didn't want it in there, why was you in part of making it? Well, go ahead, Brother Donnie. Some of you got really quiet on me a while ago on that. If you don't want it, don't make it. But you make it, and then you kill it. You'll answer the day of judgment for it. That's right. I' surprise you to know that some of the ones in the message have done the same thing. I ain't done that spiritually neither. How to God could have ever entered our ranks? Soft pulpits! Right. Amen. People wanting a compromising preacher. Amen. Oh my. Oh my! Let me hurry before you stone me. Habakkuk two twelve. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood, and stablisheth a city by iniquity. It's almost it's it's almost unfathomable for me to believe. One of the most gay cities in the entire world is in Israel. Accepted as one of the great gay capitals of the world. Built on filth and iniquity. Well, praise the Lord. Revelation 8, 13, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. You see, when the nation itself and the world gets to such a spot, That the judgment of God. And what's amazing to me is when you look at this in the secret. Also in the prophecy of Jeremiah. And of Daniel. And those who forecasted of the things that God would do to Israel as a nation. He never even said this. That the devil's come down among them. And the devastation and the judgment that they experienced was horrific. But now the judgment will be so horrible. Because Satan knows. He is so mad. The bride's gone up. And he ain't got but three and a half years, 1,260 days left until prison time. Now, what do you think? If they turn out, just, just a few days ago, two men were arrested with enough pills laced with fentanyl to destroy millions of American lives. This year over a hundred thousand have already overdosed because of fentanyl. And in a few days, a left-leaning liberal judge that ain't got enough sense to judge between an orange and an apple let them right back out on the street in a few days. This is your America. This is the America our men died for. This is the America that our service people gave their lives for, and we've got these liberal judges that's got more authority and power than than they need to have, and they ain't got enough sense to know how to control it. Come on, saints. Can't you see the judgment of God is hanging right above it? If we was ever sincere in our life, we need to be now. Oh my goodness, pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Do it. Everything you can by the Spirit of God, that God can get him in before we leave this place. But the voice said, "Rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell on them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil." Has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. So, what do you figure? These people that belong to the gangs and the mafia and drug smugglers and all that, and they live in these, um, you know, places where they're pretty much going to let them do. You think it bothers them? Oh, I'll just like a smack on the hand. See you next time, judgey. See you next week, buddy. Premeditated murder. Fixing to sell them pills on the street. Well, praise the Lord. And they want to confiscate your shotgun. They want to confiscate your little 22 planker that you go out every now and then and shoot some cans or shoot a little old target and they say you're the guy that needs to be locked up. Mm-hmm. Whoa. 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 What a woe it will be when the world will have the devil among them. No mercy on the nations. With all the mischief, all the anger, and he breathes out nothing but ruination and destruction and no blood of Jesus. I don't know if you understand it or not, when Brother Branham saw that about about the blood of Jesus when he was in the cafe there in Ohio. And he saw the blood of Jesus like a bumper over the earth. He was questioning God, God, my little Sarah have to live in this, my little Joseph, my little Rebecca. God, why don't you wipe it off? And he saw sins coming up and hitting the Lord Jesus in the face. And he went, Oh, oh. And he said, Oh, Lord. Is that the sins of the world? He said, no, them's yours. He said, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he took the blood out of his side and wrote over on his book, pardoned, forgiven, you know. So he throw, throw them in the sea of forgiveness. He said, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. He said, I forgive you for yours. You're condemning her for hers. The Lord taught him a great lesson, didn't he? But he saw why the judgment of God could not be released on this nation, this world as a whole. The blood of Jesus is over it. But when his sweetheart leaves, you see, why don't God kill every one of us? Because most of us ain't been too awful good ourselves. I'm talking about after you got saved. (laughs) I mean, you was a rascal before you got saved. Why can't he do it? Because we do not have a judge on the throne. We have a lawyer. Our lawyer. We do not have a prosecuting attorney. We have our defense lawyer. And he says, they done this, and they done this, and they done this. That's the accuser, the prosecuting attorney on the other side. But our defense lawyer says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he comes back and said, I got Adam. him. I done this, and I, I killed him, and I done that. And then our defense attorney said, but I raised him from the dead when I got up. I got Abraham to lie, but he said, I brought him with me out of paradise. I caused Isaac to do this, and I done that, and I done this. And he said, I forgive him all and raise them right up into paradise and I've done this to your people and I talked them into doing this and he said they asked me and I forgive every one of them they repented amen so we don't have a judge but when he changes clothes and he walks out he lays aside His intercessory robe. And he says, "Ah, the greatest honor of my life today. I get to pick up my wife. (laughs) Can you imagine? There was no stardust and he spoke and there was trillions of stars. And the angels just praised and adored and worshiped. And yet his greatest honor, his greatest achievement is you. But he made the stars out of nothing. You say, that's a great achievement. It is. But some of us was worse than nothing. We were messed up so bad. We were so bad the devil wouldn't amuse us. I mean, the devil had a lot of us in the garbage can. That's where you was when Jesus found you. And Jesus reaches down in the garbage can and he said, wow, that looks like a masterpiece to me. That looks like something I can do something with. And he's done all this for thousands of years, but one day he'll step behind the curtain as it was, and the angels will see him as he steps out. He said, today's the Girdle, the girdle around his chest, his waist, it's gone. The blood on his garments, it's gone. He's changed clothes. Right. What's he looking like, angels? A bridegroom. Because he's changed clothes, you're fixing to. <laughs> to meet him with blood all over his garments. It would not be becoming for me to meet him with gray hairs and wrinkles in my face and stooped shoulders. So we both gotta change clothes for that great hallelujah day. I will put off my mortality. He will put off his robe and we will join together rejoicing in the presence of God. You say, why do you act like that? Because at one time, these woes were on me, but not no more. These woes ain't on me. Brother Donnie, don't you fear hell? I have not feared hell in decades. I used to. Oh, when I was in Pentecost, I still feared it because I did not believe in eternal security. Brother, you remember how we believed back there? And I felt like I could, you know, go to church and I could preach and I could do this and that and the other and I could somehow mess up and my ignorant choice would override the program of God. I'm so glad I come to the truth. Oh, that it don't make me want to sin. It makes me want to live closer to Jesus. If predestination convinces you you can do wrong, you ain't got the right understanding of predestination. So when I read this in the scripture, I don't know what you see. I don't know who you see. But I don't see me. But when I read this one, I see me. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain Amen. shall be changed. Amen. We shall be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and we shall be changed. For the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain are going to be changed by the power of God. I was a woe, now I'm a wonderful. <laughs> what? Wow, wasn't that good? I was a woe, and now I'm a wonderful. I was pitiful, now I'm awesome. I was to blame, now I'm forgiven. I was impure, but now I'm holy. I was filled with darkness and corruption, and now I'm a son of God. I was going to the kingdom of hell, but now I'm heaven bound. I was blind, but now I see. I was in darkness, but now I'm in light. Say woe to me. Say wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. We got a little brother that's gonna be baptized tonight. So come and prepare for that. Oh, friends, I can't preach this and study this and not make me feel so burdened and so troubled. I've been looking at it the last couple of weeks and what's gonna come on this nation. This is my home. This is your home natural. I'm talking about. I can't preach it and say, well, I'm glad. Let's God burn them up. There'd be something wrong with my heart if I did that. But I realize she's turned it down over and over again. God sent Elijah. He knew everybody wouldn't hear Elijah. So then he sent him an angel from Sodom. Two of them. He sent a Pentecostal evangelist. He sent a Methodist evangelist. He sent them all kinds. He sent them a Buddy Robinson. He sent them all kinds of people. I stood down there years ago at one of the tabernacles where Buddy Robinson used to preach. Some of y'all was there. And then where Brother Tim and them had their special meetings I thought, wow, what a time. It must have been years ago in that dispensation whenever the Spirit of God was moving. God knew everybody wouldn't hear a Pentecostal, so God anointed some Baptists to preach. God knew everybody wouldn't hear a Baptist. And what He'd done in His love and His mercy, give some Methodists that would preach. He tries to reach them. And they're not for you. They're not for you. Them two angels sent down to Sodom, one for Abraham, they was for Lot. Let them call them out. Oh, brother, don't you think they will? Sure, let them call them out. But they weren't sent to me. My angel met me by the tent. It was the Lord God Himself. Don't you love Him tonight, church? So you tell me, are you woe or are you wonderful? Did he change your woe? He took your woe and wooed over you and transformed you into wonderful. I love it when you say those things. You're incredible. You're incredible. <laughs> oh, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. We just love you so much tonight, Father. If there's a one here tonight, Lord, and they're still under the dread of the woe, the judgment, the penalty, I pray, Lord, you'd deal with their hearts. There's one stream in the service, maybe tomorrow, some of them in the morning over in Africa or Holland or... Wherever it'll be in different parts of the world that they'll listen to it. Dear God, I pray you'd deal with their hearts. They may feel like they've sinned so far they could never come back to you. As long as there's a draw in their heart, there's mercy. Thank you for pulling on us, Lord. There's something inside of us that won't let go. We feel the pull. In spite of our humanity, our weakness, Lord Jesus, help us. Oh, Lamb of God, pull us to a higher walk, Lord God, to a place of victory. For sure tonight, people with besetting sins and they can't seem to rise above them. Help them, I pray, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, may you pass through this building and breathe of your breath of life upon them. Grant it, Lord. Move us out from under the woe into the stage of wonderful. The only way we could ever be transformed into that is because the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father has called us to Himself and removed all of our woes and all of our past. And Mr. Wonderful looks at Miss Wonderful and says, "You were so much like me, my sweetheart, I've cleansed you, I've purged you, you are mine. Amen, Don't you love him, children? Yes. I was over at the new church one day this week talking to some of the brothers out working, and I told him I said, "You don't think of it, brothers. One morning we'll get up in this world, it's so filled with wretchedness and sin and darkness. Ever will we look terrible stuff? And in a moment, the Spirit of God will move on our bodies and we'll be transformed and we'll leave this world so full of corruption and rottenness. And in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be standing in the presence of God. You'll walk right out of the middle of hell, right into the middle of heaven. You know, how, how, how can you do that? Because God sent a message that would prepare our hearts isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I mean, think about it. There's no way. I told them, you know, I had on dirty britches and some of them said, there working. I said, well, there ain't no way y'all would want to go dress like that. And, you know, you smell like this and sweat and this and that and the other. You want to go somewhere and eat or so if somebody call you to their house. You'd want to change your clothes. You'd want to be dressed for the occasion. That's what the rapture is. Dressing the bride for the occasion. Those in the sixth dimension don't have a human body. They're not fully dressed yet. That's why when Brother Random went beyond the curtain of time, he said, he was curious, he was still a human being. So he said, y'all drink here? He said, no, we don't drink. He said, you don't drink? Why? That's what he thought as a human. He said, no, we don't drink here, and we don't eat here. But he said, one day, we'll go back to earth and take up bodies. There, we'll eat and drink. Why? You were made to be a human being. You were never made to be an angel. So what will they do? They'll put their clothes on out of the sixth dimension. The theophany will step in a glorified body. It takes three to make a perfection. You'll be here, and he said, if you are here, therefore, if you have died and entered into the theophany, what happens? You bring the theophany, you bring the theophany to the earth to pick up the redeemed body. Then if you are here, you take the redeemed body to meet the theophany. I want you to notice how he words that, who the you is. If you're there, you bring the theophany. You who? The seed of God. Right. The seed of God. You should have been seed c- gene, theophany, glorified body in the beginning. But after the fall of man, you become soul, you become spirit, and you become body. In the resurrection, you won't need your human spirit. You won't need imagination, conscience, memory, reason, It Causes a lot of our problems anyway. But you'll get what you should have had, a theophany. Praise, Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, isn't he wonderful? Oh, hallelujah. Brother Larry, let's sing together. You wanna lead us? No? Okay. Larry, Harry, it's not the same thing, right? <laughs> Amazing grace. Let's sing together. Oh, you're already ready for baptism. All right, I didn't preach town time away. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother John. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord. You know, his mom was
1: reading, bringing him up. You've got to
2: read the Bible. Right. 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 So, awesome. We we went to breakfast and spent some time together. and I told him, I said, buddy, that revelation comes a little at a time. Yeah. Just keep praying for it. I'll help you as much as I can, but it's got to come here. Yeah. yeah
0: Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: Tonight I looked back and talked and I said, Bailey, you ready? He said, Yeah. He said, Bailey's been bothered. Tell me I didn't have
0: that spark. I said, Let him know what that is. He said, Yeah, that's right. He said, He only has a short time. That's right. Amen. Yes, grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Yes, Lord. Heavenly
2: Father. Lord, I think how awesome you
0: are. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord, in this awful world, with all these insane people like we just heard, dear Lord. Dear Lord. All these people, Lord, want to more thing. Dear God.
2: Yes, Lord.
0: Dear God. Yes. Thank you, Father. You're still Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fellow, Lord Jesus. Yes, you are, Lord.
2: We're so for
0: it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
2: Lord Jesus,
0: granted, Father. Insatiable appetite for the word. Granted, yes, Lord.
2: May His questions, His desire to get to know You better,
0: Lord. Yes, Jesus. Faith, Lord. Granted, Father. And Lord, we know that they won't, as long as You fulfill Your promise. Yes, promise. Lord. We know that that
2: You won't, You won't fail.
0: That's right. Lord says, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just honor that promise. Grant it, Lord.
2: Honor his faith in Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. From we, to wonderful, we, W-E-E. Oh, you say, they're too young to know that, are they? You got eight, nine, 10 year olds talking about murder, doing all the things that they fill their minds with, all these crazy video games. Where you figure they get all this stuff out of killing people? Many of them start on them video games. They start on shooting this and shooting that, and then they go to shooting human beings. It gets in their spirit. Fills up with all this stuff. That's why the prophet said, we'll get into it, about these woes and things that's coming upon the earth. He said, they'll see creatures that'll come on the earth. Their wings will be miles wide. They'll see gigantic birds coming on the earth and all these creatures. But he said, it'll only be in their imaginary makeup. It won't even be real. What's getting them ready for? A lot of Disney movies. A lot of horror movies. All kinds of stuff in their imagination. Yeah, that's why some of your kids can't sleep. Hallelujah! all right I'm gonna hush let me say thank God believe it or not I love you I love you with all of my heart I'm gonna do my best as long as I have breath and strength in life to keep any of you I'm going to hell. If you go, you're going to go over the top of a screaming, hollering, crying, praying, studying pastor. If you go to hell coming here, you're going to fight your way. Ain't that right, parents? If they go to hell, they're going to fight over praying mamas and daddies. Ain't that right, church? They're going to fight over praying church members. We ain't going to let you go easy sing together. Amazing grace. Can't we thank God for it tonight? He took you out of the prophecies of the woes and made you acceptable in His sight. Amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved already Like me. Oh, thank you, Lord.